Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Blasky alongside Brad Burkaw for the week of December 4th. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. In this week's episode, Tiger Woods back in action at the Hero World Challenge, but Scotty Scheffler stole the show. Turns out he is still very good at golf. We talk about the Corn Ferry Q School second stage. We had one Michigan guy in the field. We will talk about him. We have Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year finalists announced for the PGA Tour. We will break down that list of names and give our thoughts as far as who we think is going to win. The USGA announces a golf ball rollback taking place for everyone starting as soon as 2030. We will uh, we will talk about that. John Rahm still potentially going to live. He has dropped out of the Amex so that uh, definitely leaves some questions to be answered. The Grant Thornton Invitational taking place in Naples, Florida this week. The first mix event since 1999. And finally, uh, I'm off to Hawaii next week, so we'll talk a little bit about uh, some golf I plan on playing. But first, Brad, Hero World Challenge. Scotty Scheffler. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get this guy. I don't get this guy one bit. He just he, he thinks he can just show up. He thinks he just show up and, and and dominate like this. I don't get it. Yeah, he certainly has a nerve, doesn't he? He certainly does. He, he is. I've said it so many times, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I cannot get over the fact that he is the good. And like I watch it, and I, I watch it, and I watch him swing. I go, I watch where the shots go. I go, wow, good shots. But then. When push comes to shove, I just cannot convince myself he is good at golf. But he's fantastic. He's better than good. I think uh, my favorite part about it is that it was his, according to Data Golf, best putting performance since the PGA Championship back in May with a whopping .39 point strokes gained putting. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be great. <laughs> But it's a lot better than losing one, losing point one, losing a half, losing one, losing a half. I mean, yeah. So it's a it's a quite the turnaround. He's he's you have essentially that in front almost of you how, how many times he has gained shots on the green gained gained shots on the green. This uh, in his last twenty five starts, <laughs> doing a quick quick count here. He's only done it one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine out of 25 times granted. A few of those scores are 0.04. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, 0 0.14, 0 0.2, 0 0.36, and 0.39. So technically they count, but they're not they're not jumping off the page at you. Now his strokes gained everywhere else. He has not gained, he has not lost strokes approach or off the tee in his last 25 starts. Not once. Not one single tournament. I, I think what's so what's so fascinating about it is that if, if you and I want to go post a good number, if we want to go shoot lo, low 70s or into the 60s, we're going to have to make putts. It's just kind of like the way it is. Like we're going to have to make quite a few putts and get lucky and putts that shouldn't go in are going to have to fall. He just has to go out there and be quite literally average. And he and he will he will still lap some of the field, which is which is yeah. just, which is so unfair, in every sense of the word unfair. 
I, I don't, it doesn't, maybe that's what's so annoying is that he, he can just, he can go out there and do this being still so poor at putting and, and play like he's like, play like he plays, has been playing, which seems like, yeah, I mean, it's been a, what for you thought was be a flash in the pan, not necessarily the case, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's wild to think of golf as a sport where, you could just go out there and all you have to worry about is just two putting. I think that the average golfer, if they could go out, I think if the average golfer gets about 10 greens in reg, I mean, that's pretty damn good for probably more than the average golfer. Let's, if we're being honest. Well, the average golfer so, is like two, right? Yes. So, I, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So for the above average golfer, for the, for the scratch golfer, we'll even, we'll even extend it to that. Yeah. We'll say t- 10, 10 to 12 greens in reg. Yeah. So you got to mix in some one putts there. He could literally, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't know how many one putts he had. I'm sure obviously he had a, a decent amount, but the fact that he could go out there and still potentially shoot an under par round with all two putts is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I can't remember. I was reading off the stats two episodes ago, maybe where he, he led the tour for the second consecutive year in, in greens and regulation percentage. Um, I think he hits, 77% of greens regulation is what it was, which is obviously extremely good. And, and even to that, like going further, his even around the green, he's still excellent. Going back to my stats, I was listing off of his last 25 starts. Only one, two, three, four of the last 25 starts has he lost strokes around the green. So even when he's not necessarily making those greens in reg he's probably able to like compensate with that with his ability around the green and maybe set himself up for some easier putts but it's just it's it's remarkable i mean he's got three-fourths of a perfect game yeah and that's and that's what's weird i guess weird about it is because he has really good hands like his hands are fantastic he has that little like that little nippy shot he can hit around the greens that takes a bounce and then just like skids to a stop you would think it would translate to the putter a little bit more where like, that it's a lot about having steady hands and, and maybe, maybe that might just be it that it, where as much as you want to have steady hands, you also don't want to, you want to have a very like pendulum like arc and maybe he's just a little, a little too handsy with it at times where he's, he's so used to having to kind of say, not necessarily save it with his hands, but do a lot more with his hands than he would on the putting green. You know, I, I think that's that's honestly a very interesting point to make because I feel like of all parts of the game of golf, putting is the one where there's maybe not, I mean, there is to an extent, but there's not quite as much of a like perfect way to putt. A lot of putting is like feel and natural ability kind of, you know, there's, there's an essence to it of that. Whereas with a driver, iron, all that, there is to some argue that there is the perfect swing mm-hmm. and that you can, you can kind of perfect that. Whereas putting has that feel. So you'd think that with someone with Scotty Scheffler, where his game f- looks to be so much of a feel game where he's using his hands, he's moving his feet. It's a lot of just natural ability and feel with the club that that would translate to the putter. So I've never thought about that, but that's a really good point to mm-hmm. make. Yeah. I don't, and I don't really have, Trying to think of anything else uh, very nice to say about Scotty. I don't really have a ton else. I mean, he played, he played like he has not been on break for the last several months, which is wildly impressive to do. Where a lot of these guys, I don't think this golf course is very hard. I think it's actually quite easy. 
and I think it was playing very easy. There was not much wind. Um, so I think these numbers, like in the middle of the season, if you told these guys, like, go shoot your lowest round, I think they're going to shoot way lower than what they did. But Sky just looks like he was just business as usual, back, back right back at it. And then to that point, I mean, I, I was impressed with with Justin Thomas. I think that was that was a really, I think this was an important event, even though it was only 20 guys, limited field. 2020, 2023 was, was what I would consider probably a disaster for, for Justin Thomas to, to bounce back. And after what looked like a pretty shaky start early um, to finish strong over the weekend to get to, to third place is good. I mean, that, that is, that is obviously progress from, from where he has been. Uh, Seps Rocca finishing in second place. Tony Finau tied fourth alongside Matt Fitzpatrick, also tied fourth, which brings me to Matt Fitzpatrick. And if you uh, if you have not heard, and I'm hoping Brad can fill in all if the holes because I'm not super familiar with it, but essentially, what happened is is Colin Morikawa was assessed a two-stroke penalty because his caddy had had written a handwritten note in their yardage books, their green books, which is no longer allowed. You cannot you cannot have any notes or anything, handwritten notes in your on your greens book. And Brad, maybe help me out here. What was the Matt Matt went to to a rules official and asked asked questions as far as maybe he overheard somebody say something and one thing led to another. Yeah, I I haven't really like I don't think anybody's really coming forward with admitting how it became about we've just been so looking at an article from the PGA Tour their exact verbiage is Cox was informed of the potential violation on Saturday evening by Matt Fitzpatrick Morikawa's third round playing partner so I don't think they're going to really disclose how he said or how he went about telling them about it. But um, I think that it is, it, it's, it's confirmed that it was by Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing if I, cause I swore I saw um, something. So just, just some script, some transcript from, from Colin Morikawa. Um, the, the question was, how did they come to investigate this? Colin Morikawa said, you know, I think Fitzy overheard us just kind of on the fourth hole yesterday. I had a ten uh, footer up the hill, ten footer up the hill, kind of, kind of for par. I just asked JJ. I think he did. I think he just kind of looked at JJ and instead of because in the past we've kind of just like memorized and seen stuff like that. So maybe just like a little, just a little bit of overhearing. I don't really know. You can't just let guys like really kind of a tricky one. First off, it's the Hero World Challenge. So if there's like an event to do it at, this is this is the event. And I feel like if you're Colin, you'd almost you'd rather have it happen now than in three months from now, or like two months from now when you're playing in a a designated event and you just lost FedEx Cup points, you just lost X amount of dollars with it with two stroke penalties. So I don't know. I, everyone's calling Matt Fitzpatrick a narc. I kind of feel bad for him. Protecting the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, that Matt Fitzpatrick 
can not be a narc and Colin Morikawa cannot be a cheater and both things are true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would totally It's agree. just it's a it's a change it's a rule change. It, it like things happen, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's I fair. think I, I think it's honestly and maybe Morikawa is frustrated at the moment. Obviously he's probably receiving backlash online or it's just it's obviously the talk of of golf right now or people talking about it a lot but in the future i mean to your point of it's the hero world challenge well yes you'd rather this come out now than like at the masters or or somewhere else yeah that, that's kind of my that's kind of my take on it is it it, it sucks that it happened and i don't think Lear- i don't think any less of colin morikawa now i don't think any less of matt fitzpatrick no it's just it's a learn from it learn from it moment yep i think that's fair and then um, continuing down the rest of the leaderboard, uh, Jordan Spieth finished in sixth place, uh, started off really strong in the first two rounds, struggled a little bit on Sunday, or rather Saturday, shot 71 on Saturday, finished out with a 68 to finish in sixth place. Uh, aforementioned, Colin Morikawa finished in seventh place. Justin Rose alongside Brian Harmon finished in eighth. Victor Hovland in tenth. And then um, only other really couple notables, obviously, I do you have any any thoughts on on how Tiger played? Some good and some bad. Yeah, I mean, I think he. I think for me, uh, he played better than I expected. I I think that it is an easier golf course with only two of the twenty players shooting above par, but he looked great out there. I mean, he had a stretch of what was it like four birdies on the the front nine of or was it five birdies? Was it four or five? on the front nine on, uh, I think it was, um, Friday. So, I mean, he had some, he had some, uh, some, some glimpses there. Uh, and he just, um, he's just got a demeanor to him now. He's just like, uh, he's like the the grandfather of golf. Is he, is he not like kind of going into his, his new stage of life where, Honestly, he could probably just go out there and hack it around and nobody really cares. I feel like the expectations are kind of off where nobody's really expecting him to go out there and win. Um, he's just he's kind of just got this this nice easy going life now. It it feels that way. I think the, I think the person that expects the most out of him is himself. I don't think anybody else really really expects um all too much now and I feel I feel like this kind of plays into the narrative that I hate seeing these days of the he can't finish the round. He's just getting too old, and it kind of it it showed uh, this week. He and I don't know if the back nine is is sufficiently harder if it like turns back around into the wind or something like that. But he he shot thirty nine on the on round one in the back nine. He shot thirty eight, so two over round two. He shot one over round three, and even on the back nine on Sunday. And this is all in comparison to he was a couple under, uh, as Brad mentioned, he was four under on Friday after four birdies on the front nine. So you, you you'd like to see him, you'd like to see him finish a little bit better. Would be would be ideal. Just and but it did look like he was walking fine. Everything else seemed a okay. I heard I heard a little too much uh, Roy talk. I'll be honest with you. Saw saw a lot of Roy tweets. He was sweating like a he was sweating like a pig out there. People were asking. He looked. He looks. Yeah, he looks for, big. You said Rory, right? Roid. Roid. Like steroid. Oh, Roid. I thought you said Rory. I was like, what? Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Uh. 
I mean, the dude showed up in a military backpack. I think that he's dedicated to his workout routine. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. He, I mean, he could have just been doing some absolutely ridiculous stuff over the last however many months that just, just to like stay off of the leg, he was probably doing so much upper body. Oh yeah. He was doing chest and biceps nonstop for like months, months on months. And for, for the for those of you out there who didn't uh, get the military backpack reference, please look up Tiger's outfit that he showed up to. I can't even remember which day it was, but it was like a backwards hat and a cut off Nike dry fit with a military backpack. Just straight business. It was it was a sight. I think it had to have been Sunday because he was it, it Sunday. Was, he, was, he was wearing red. Oh yeah, yeah. That would I guess that would make sense. So yeah, well, check it out. It was uh it was old school Tiger. Yep, and then. Uh, Yes, that was very funny. And then uh, the only other name I really wanted to mention, um, I don't think there was much expectations for Will, Will Zalatoris coming into this week. Um, didn't, didn't play since it has been a long time now. Months months on, on months, several, several months. Uh, I think he has a lot of questions that answer still about his putting. Um, he, he lost... Just about six shots on the green on Thursday. Shot 81, followed it up with a 68, and then shot 79 in the third round, 71 in the fourth round. Shoot a total of 11 over par. I, I a little worried for the guy. A little worried for the guy. I did see a lot of tweets saying that that he couldn't have picked a worse time to start using the broomstick for because it's windy conditions. And pretty open, so you you could feel you feel very uncomfortable over the ball. So I, that might be his saving grace. But a couple of those strokes I saw, Brad, didn't look great. Not not very broomstick esque. So I'll say. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a tough go for Willie Z. Obviously, the first round he shot an eighty-one, not ideal. Um, Definitely had the pattern of a player who's coming off an injury with round one and three being his two highest scores, 81 and a 79. And then two and four were a little bit better with 68 and 71. So definitely some rust there. Um, But yeah, once again, the story is just with the putter. I mean, he lost over a stroke on the greens uh, putting at this weekend. So I don't know. I, I don't know why he decided to go out in the garage and grab the uh, the thing that he uses to clean out his garage with. But, you know, I think that he's probably just searching for answers at this point. Um, side note, funny note for Willie Zalatoris is the fact that the Hero World Challenge is only a 20-person event. Uh, he does get a nice green box on his data golf page for placing in the top 20 at this event. So nice. Nice. There, there's a there's a boost for morale for Willie Z. Yeah, I, I did see um kind of on that on that note about small field. Uh I saw a tweet that he he gained he earned X amount of world golf ranking points. I think it was like eight point something for for his finish, top twenty finish of twenty guys. And then Alex Fitzpatrick, who finished T eighth at the Australian PJ Championship, uh just last week or two weeks ago and he shot 68 70 68 72 something like that and gained less world ranking points for a t8 finish than a, a closed a closed field invitation only event 
and that was that guy was 100 percent a live fan because I could I could kind of see what he was doing. But the official world golf rankings is starting to starting to bug me a little bit. I'm starting to see I'm starting to see the light of where these guys are coming from. I just don't know that doesn't make sense. Chet, yeah, see, I, he should have to, it, he should it, have to it, give points back. It's it's not quite fair to Alex Fitzpatrick because they're assuming that he would only get last place. Yo, yeah, the, the, you could have you could have put a lot of guys in the field. I'm not sure that they're going to shoot 81. Yeah, no, it, it's completely broken. It makes zero sense. I do get what the I saw the tweets. I saw them about Tiger. A lot of them were from live accounts, and I get what they're trying to do from the live angle, but from just a golf like a holistic golf angle and trying to take an objective approach to it, the world golf rankings are broken. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I, I don't know where they know what the fix is. I don't know what the fix is. Hopefully, hopefully this, which seems like it's it's kind of stalled out a little bit. I just saw, and maybe when we get back in two weeks, we'll they'll have a little bit better idea. But that that new framework agreement that just came out a couple days ago, um, in relation to like the DP World Tour and the their partnership with the PGA Tour and and all of that. So if there's more info, we'll, we'll break that down. But that I'm hoping will kind of be a stepping stone towards an updated world golf ranking that that makes more sense uh move, moving on from the hero hero world golf challenge uh quickly from the from the corn ferry q school uh second place or second stage took place uh last week um this was in uh kinderloo golf club in georgia alex scott from traverse city was was playing really well uh throughout the first three days ended up shooting unfortunately a 74 on the final round he missed by three, so he will um, be back on the Latin America slash Canadian tour, the Americas tour, I think is what they are, what the name is is being, um, or what the name is. So good luck to to Alexis Jerry. I mean, this the grind, the grind never stops. Just brutal. I mean, he played he played three really good rounds, and then he has one uh, one round where he shot two over and. And that's as easy as that. So uh, good luck to Alex this year. We'll keep an eye on him. Um, moving on to the the Jack Nicholas Award and the Arnold Palmer Award recipients were announced. Or not necessarily re- recipients, but the uh, finalists were announced. So for the Jack Nicholas Award, we have Wyndham Clark, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and Sky Scheffler. And then for... The Rookie of the Year nominees, uh, Ludwig Ober, Eric Cole, uh, Nico Extravera, Vincent Norman, and that rounds out the list. Before I run through, or I'll just quickly run through some of some of the uh, accolades for, so for Wyndham, uh, played in 20 events, had two wins, Wells Fargo and the U.S. Open, finished number three in the FedEx Cup, number 13 in scoring average. Recorded eight total top tens, made twenty five cuts. I feel like a lot of other years. That's not a bad. That's not a bad, not a bad season. He was just he was up against like the, the uh, the four headed monster. So, not much. Not much. Uh, I would be I would be pleasantly shocked if Wyndham Clark won this award, and that's nothing against Wyndham. Uh, Victor Hovland, twenty three events, won three times. Memorial the. Uh, BMW Championship and the Tour Championship. <clears throat> Obviously, the FedEx Cup champion for 2023. 
finished fourth in scoring average, and he had nine top tens, and he did not miss a cut all year long. That alone is just shocking. 23 events, no missed cuts. Making, making money every single time he played golf. Uh, Roy McIlroy, 18 events, won twice, the CJ Cup, and then the Genesis Scottish Open. Uh, finished fourth in the FedEx Cup, finished second in scoring average, 13 top tens, and 16 made cuts. John Rahm played in 20 events and led the tour with four wins. He had one at the Century, the American Express, the Genesis Invitational, and the Masters. Uh, 18th in the FedEx Cup, third in scoring average, recorded a total of 10 top tens and 18 made cuts. And then finally, who I imagine, I guess I don't know who's going to, I think it's between John Rahm and Sky Scheffler. Uh, Scotty played in 23 events, won twice at the Phoenix Open and the Players. Uh, finished sixth in the FedEx Cup, uh, winner of the Byron Nelson Award for the lowest scoring average, and recorded the tour best 17 top tens and did not miss a cut. Hearing that information, Brad, is there is there a name? Who do you think is going to win? Yeah, I think you said it. I think it's going to come down to John or Scotty. Um I think Scotty edges it out. I know he has less wins, but he was just so consistent this year. So I, I think that if I if I was a voter, I'd pick Scotty. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, so John John played in twenty events, made made ten top tens. Sky Shelford played in twenty three events and made seventeen top tens. So that's that's seven. And obviously, some of those events John could have finished like eleventh place. So that that would be tough for for this conversation right now. But I think. Just from an overall, if you play in 23 events and you finish top 10 17 times, that is a model of consistency that's not very often reached. Uh, and then for the rookie of the year, uh, just quickly, I'm going to run through. So I, I think, I think unfortunately for uh, for Nico and Vincent, this is once again a a two horse race between uh, Ludwig and Eric. So. Uh, obviously, Ludwig joined through the PGA Tour University rankings, um, made professional deb- debut at the RBC Canadian Open, entered 13 events, won the RSM Classic, uh, finished number 53 in the FedEx Fall standings, finished 12th in scoring average, recorded a total of four top 10s, and made 10 cuts in 11 events as a professional. Once again, very impressive as a 24-year-old, 25-year-old. Uh, Eric Cole, he is turning into the new Sung JM. He is playing a thousand events a year. Entered thirty-seven events with the runner-up with a runner-up finish at the Classic in the Palm Beaches and the twenty twenty-three Zozo Championship. Finished forty-third in the FedEx Cup. Finished fifteenth in scoring average. Recorded a total of seven top tens and made twenty-seven cuts. I think they have to give it to. They have to give it to Ludwig. I imagine. I think can't imagine they don't. Yeah. I think that this one, this one to me is a little bit closer. However, Eric just has the benefit of, like you mentioned, playing a million tournaments this year. So I think it's going to come down to a quality over quantity debate because you can argue that Ludwig played better in his, in his starts that he played in, but didn't have, quite as many you know top tens and you know so 
But yeah. I do agree with you. I think I think it's Ludwig's award. Um, but I think that this one could it wouldn't I wouldn't be as surprised if Eric Cole won this, whereas I'd be a little bit more surprised if Rom won player of the year, but I do think it's Ludwig. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think uh <clears throat> I, I without sounding too obvious, I think that uh that win at the RSM classic definitely um did not hurt his cause, uh, even though Eric had two you have two different sides of the spectrum as far as stories. You have a young younger guy who first just broke on the tour, and then you have Eric Cole who's been grinding for for 15 years, 17 years trying to make it, and so 35 years old as a rookie. And then on that on that note, didn't you say Eric Cole is playing? Still grinding. Still grinding. What's he What's he doing this week? So Eric Cole is still grinding. He is playing on the he is playing at i should say the 2023 minor league golf tour championship presented by the abacoa golf club which is obviously at the abacoa golf club in jupiter florida as of today tuesday december 5th through 12 holes when i hold this information he was currently in first place at six under yeah brad and i were talking about this pre-show i do think like, it, like the competitor in you wants to beat the best players, but if I'm like if I'm the the next best guy there, like I'm 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 the guy that's been cleaning up now that Eric Eric has finally made it on the tour, I'm like I'm shaking my head. I'm I'm thinking to myself, this guy has got to go. And I think I actually I go as far as saying I'm pretty sure he has donated back money in a previous like a previous event like this where he it was in. New Jersey or Pennsylvania where he won like $10,000 and he just gave it like he essentially just as if he wasn't even in the field. So it all just went See that, down that that's an that's an honorable uh an honorable move there. I I would respect that very much because no other sport would you ever see a person who competes at the highest level at the professional level <laughs> go down to the amateur level where there's money on the line and uh and compete. I don't, I don't, to, to my knowledge, I don't think there'd be another example of a sport where you could do that. But <laughs> only thing I'm thinking about is like Rucker Park for basketball, but I don't think they play for money. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is those are all like just for fun. Yeah. This is, there's like actual dollars tied to this. There's guys that are playing this, that this is probably how they make their living. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that is where, that is where it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, and then on, on the note of, of player of the year, um, nominees a ton of a ton of uh nothing reputable yet i wouldn't say but john rom moving on to live which i just saw something a little bit ago i don't know what john like it, he's big he is he is really i wouldn't say i miss cameron smith as much as i thought i would i wouldn't say i, I miss dustin johnson as much as i thought i would and same goes for um, like Kepka. I'm not like we still get him four times a year. It's not it's not great, but it's not awful. I thought I'd miss him a lot more. So I'm just curious, like even given like the where didn't it seem like these guys made that much of a push? I'm surprised that he's still this is still a, a thought of his to go to. I mean, whatever. I saw six hundred million dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I think that my my thought on him leaving has gone has changed since we recorded last week i'm now leaning more towards there's a possibility that he might just given the fact that 
one, he hasn't come out and said anything, which is weird. He could easily just come out and say, yeah, I've heard all the rumors. They're not true. That would put this all to bed. Um, two, he dropped out of the TGL, which obviously doesn't mean a lot now since the TGL has been post postponed, air quotes, postponed. Um, and then I think the final domino is the announcement today, I think it was today, of the Amex field and his name was not on there as a past champion so all of those things are are a little fishy to me but it just seems weird that he would leave at this point but i have to say if he does leave it would be a huge loss for the pga tour massive the biggest biggest loss that they've had of all the guys leaving you mentioned names that have won on the pga tour um that have still done well in in majors this year but they're not John Rahm carries a weight of a fan base that those other players I don't think do. I think that those guys share a lot of their fan base with a lot of other superstars and for people who are on the fence of if they liked Live or PGA Tour, it was easy for them to say, I'll just watch somebody else. I think John Rahm has a has a has quite the following that would follow him to the Live Tour. So I think this would be a massive loss for the PGA Tour if, if he does go. Yeah. Yeah, I, to- I, I totally agree. I, I don't think it'd be, I would, I would, I mean, I'd obviously, you would realize he wasn't going to, he wasn't there, but I don't know if this is just like John Rahm's MO, but it seems like he is very good. We didn't see his name a ton in the second part of the season. Like he was, he, he had his really good West Coast swing where he, he won a ton between January and April, but then he kind of just, he, I wouldn't say he fell off, but he, he wasn't, putting up sky numbers he wasn't putting up you didn't see him quite as much as you saw Rory so I I'm afraid he's gone the the Amex the Amex field announcement um in a way kind of solidified that I think just because he that is like his tournament yeah they were probably they were one year away from naming it the John Rahm Invitational (laughs) yes yeah that that to me was the biggest indication of anything so far so we'll see. We'll we'll keep you we'll keep you up to date. Um, I hope it's not true, but I'm afraid it might be. Uh, moving on to the the USGA just announced. Or I'm not even sure if they've announced or it was leaked that it's going to be announced. But uh, and maybe with how much public pushback there has been, um, they will change course. But uh, as of now, the USGA is planning on rolling back the golf ball for everyone. PGA Tour pros, professionals, and amateurs alike. And what are your kind of initial, so this wouldn't take place until 2030, uh, 2028, the PGA Tour pros and professional golfers would switch. And then in 2030, it would become um, worldwide for every, every golfer. What are your kind of, what are you, what are you thinking about it? Um, so... I think that I'm going to take off my like objective lens for a moment and just speak for myself personally and from my my own personal golf game. For me, I actually really don't hate this. Um, and there's a few reasons why. So I think that Hunter and I have talked a bit on this podcast about how we think that oftentimes we have the correct distance to play longer tees. And oftentimes we don't. Um, 
I think that while this is not going to maybe take off as much yardage as people are thinking, I think that it'll help with the tee it forward initiative and helping players tee it forward. Um, for me personally, there's oftentimes when I do tee it forward and I'm eliminating the driver out of my bag a lot. I don't know if this is going to necessarily fix that, but the idea of taking a little bit more yardage off of my driver is actually slightly appealing to me. I think that as technology has progressed, uh, amateur golfers still have access to all of the latest technology while tour golfers have their clubs specced out to them. The club heads themselves are really not that much different. So the amateur golfer has access to technology that is allowing the ball to go a lot further. The amateur golfer is not as precise as the professional golfer. And even for myself, I think that I still generate enough club head speed and can have enough distance on the club that just a slight few degrees off. And this ball is sailing to the right or to the left. So I, I don't actually hate, hate the idea. I know that the focus around golf has been so much about gaining distance and amateurs are so focused on gaining distance. I still think that you can do that. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that this will be a positive in the long run for the future of golf. Just allowing players to move it forward, getting rounds going faster. I, I think that there's a lot of trickle down effects that this will have. Um, and, and I know that people are freaking out now, but long-term I don't, I don't hate it. And I'm curious to see, I know that you and I have a lot of similar thoughts on on distance and whatnot, so I have a feeling that we're probably not too far off. But curious if you have any different different takes than I do. Um, not really. I mean, I I, I think if 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 the golf ball being rolled back ten percent is what makes you quit golf, you were kind of you were looking for a reason to get out of the game anyway, and this just <laughs> this just happened to come at the right time. It's it's not going to be. And if I'm if I'm understanding it correctly, I think I think the 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 amount the ball will spin will increase. Um, so I think in a way it it it's going to make the ball move more, uh, from the from the driver than from the irons too. And I think that's that's kind of what the game has went away from a little bit, where you see it's a lot of the bomb and gouge, and it's how much how little of spin can you get on the golf ball. To make it go like knuckle essentially, uh, especially with the driver. So I do think you're, you're going to bring back like the the artistry of the game a little bit. I think people are just are, are way too, way too bent out of shape about about ten, five ten percent. Like it's really it's not it's not that much. It's really I mean it's 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 there, but I will be the first one to tell you that that me losing. 10 yards on my driver is not going to, is not going to be the difference in me shooting a good number or not. It's just not, there's just no, no, no if fans are buts about it. It's just not going to make that much of a difference. No. And, and for, for the sake of a pure example, um, if you drive the ball 320 yards, you'd lose about 16 yards off your drive. So you'd still be hitting it over 300 yards. Yeah. So, you know, and for indulging it down, to maybe someone closer to 180 yards would knock it down about nine yards to 171. So, well, I mean, just if you think about it, I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, Baby Country Club is not, is not long. Birchwood's not far behind it as far as being fairly short. I don't, I don't remember last time that I was playing a golf course where I had to consistently hit below an eight iron 
into a par four. It doesn't happen very. I mean, I wouldn't mind using a six iron, a five iron, and like where it wouldn't be fun, but it would be. That's there's clubs. That I swear, if you like looked at how many times I've hit each one of my clubs in my bag, there's there's thousands of shots difference between some of my lower irons and my higher irons. Oh, I uh, I can speak to that. I have all of my shots essentially from the past year in my Arcos app. I rarely use my long irons, and when I do, it's usually off the tee. I never use them in the fairway. Yeah. Like like rarely ever, and, and I think that is a point of the game that's been lost. Every Nobody – so – and it's funny because you and I have even been on this podcast and we've talked about how we, we don't want to hit our four irons or we're not good at hitting our four irons – I think that that's maybe not necessarily the case for for the rest of for the rest of the long irons, but like a five and a six iron, nobody wants to hit them anymore. So the whole push has been let's just make everybody longer so that they don't have to hit them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I like the idea. I think that I even saw um, something. I think it was Dan Rappaport from um, Barstool said something along the lines of it's going to allow courses. Uh, and this is more speaking from a PGA Tour level, but it's going to allow courses that have been bullied by the PGA Tour players to have to provide a challenge again. Historic courses yeah. that, due to manufacturing advances and club advances, have been made obsolete. It's going to start to bring some of those back. I don't know specific examples, but I'm sure that that's going to be the case. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's still so it's like so early on that who knows what we are. We're still six years. Four years away from this even being implemented on the PGA Tour, there's still there's still so much time for this to, and a lot of a lot of unanswered questions. Is seems like it's, I do think if you were going to do it, it would have been, it would have been tough for me, and I'm not even sure why. If this is like my ego talking, but to, I wouldn't have liked playing a different ball than Sky Shuffler's playing. That would have I don't know why I wouldn't have liked that, but I just wouldn't have, because like you, there is still like a stupid part of part of you that feels like you're you're like one good round away from just like figuring this game out and if you do that on a golf course like when i went and played whistling straights you like definitely thought about or then you watched the Ryder cup there was like i was trying to like find connections there and if you're playing a different golf ball it feels like it almost kind of like that that part of it is no longer you can't you can't do that anymore right no i think that that's uh that would be a terrible move i think that the beauty, one of the beauties of golf is that the amateur can relate to the professional in a sense. Um, it's the one sport where we can all go out and continue to play at a somewhat competitive level, whether that's competing against yourself or against your friends or whatnot. Uh, but you can relate to the to the to the professional, and they're using the, the air quote same clubs, same balls, yeah. all of that. The you know professional basketball player. You know, they don't have the the equipment that that these that golfers use. So they're just using shoes and a basketball. So it's obviously easy to relate to that. So I think if they did do it the in the reverse way, you'd a lot of the amateurs would lose the touch that they feel with the professional game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and move, moving on. So we'll we will we'll continue to talk about the rollback. I'm sure that's going to be a topic of discussion now from from here until the end of time. Um, so in the meantime, uh, the Grant Thornton Invitational the first mixed team co-sanctioned event on the LPGA PGA tour since 1999, the JC Penny classic. 
haven't heard JC playing in a long time. Uh, the 54-hole tournament starts on Friday, concludes on Sunday uh, at Tiburon Golf Club at the Ritz-Carlton Resort in Naples, Florida. Uh, Friday is going to be a scramble. Uh, Saturday is going to be a true alternate shot. And then Sunday is a modified, what was the exact words they used, uh, mod- modified four ball. Every golfer tees off on every hole, and then you switch coming in from there. And you take the, the best score. It's my understanding. Cla- uh, conditions look awesome. Eight degrees, a little bit of uh, a little bit of wind. So I have played this golf course before. Kind of one of the cool golf courses. There's no there's no rough on the golf course. It's completely it goes straight from from fairway into waste area. Um, so that's always unique. Greg Norman design. I'm shocked that they still play uh, golf, PJ Tour events at this golf course, but. That's a discussion for a different day. Uh, very good field, especially from the from the LPGA Tour side of things. Uh, the top four ladies in the Rolex um, World Golf Rankings is in the field. The there are twelve Solheim Cuppers in the field, and five major champions or championships combined for the sixteen ladies. Um, on that note, there are sixteen teams. Uh, I'm not probably not going to run through all of them, but I'll run through a couple. Uh, Ludwig Aubert is playing again alongside Madeline Sagstrom, uh, who is also Swedish. There is a connection. Uh, Madeline is engaged to uh, Ludwig's caddy, so I could see uh, I could see some some good vibes coming there from a couple of Swedish couple of Swedish folk. Uh, Tony Finau and um, Nelly Korda. Playing together, a couple of, I think Nelly's a uh, Nike athlete, isn't she? Um, yeah, I completely just make that up. I think she is now. She's changed a lot of her sponsorships because she went from TaylorMade to Titleist, and I think she's, I think she is Nike Apparel. Okay. So uh, once again, that'll be a great team. Um, Sahith Tagala and Rose Rose Zhang playing in the field together. Uh, once again, another really good pairing. Um, some more notables from. PJ Tour side of things, Ricky Fowler playing alongside Lexi Thompson, Lydia Ko playing with Jason Day, Joel Damon playing with Lilia Vu, uh, Brooke Henderson playing with Corey Connors, so the Canadian group, uh, Allison Corpez playing with Cameron Champ. And I guess I've done enough, so I'll just run through the rest. Uh, Leona McGuire playing alongside Brad's favorite player, Lucas Glover. <laughs> 80 degrees is going to be a hot one. Uh, Mel Reed. Mel. <laughs> It might be. Uh, Mel Reed playing along, alongside Russell Henley. Cheyenne Knight playing alongside Tom Hoagie, who is the defending champion of what this event used to be, the QBE shootout. Used to be a two-man um, two-man team event. Tom Hoagie and Sahith Tagala won it last year. And then a couple more teams, Andrea Lee alongside Billy Horschel, Megan Kang with Danny with Denny McCarthy, Charlie Hall with Justin Rose, and then uh, Rune Yin, Yin with Nick Taylor. So this will all be on the Golf Channel. Um, we have we have been screaming it from the from the highest of rooftops for a long time now. There needs to be so much more of this. Um, slightly disappointed in the in the may, the men's side of things that we do, we can't do better than with uh, with all due respect to Tom Hoagie. If, if if the ladies are if the ladies are bringing twelve 
12 Solheim cuppers. It seems like they're they're treating this like a little bit more of a bigger deal than the men are, which I can understand, but at the same time, it, it's tough. Looks like there's probably only three or four past Ryder Cup players on the men's side compared to 12 on the ladies. Is uh is Tiberian, is that private or is it public? Uh, public. It is public. Oh, interesting. Yep. I'll be down there in January. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to say, I think it's similar to Bay Harbor where they have they have members and then they have maybe like a, a private course for the day. Sort of. Uh, you know what? I think that sounds about, do they have a, is, do they have like a championship course and a black course? Uh, they're all colors, I believe. Okay. So we, we might, we might have already been looking at playing at this one because I know it's been brought up, but. Yeah. Um, really good golf. Fun, fun area. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Disappointing from the men. I think that there's still some decent names in there. Oh, I think it could have been yeah. a lot worse. Could have been a lot better. Um, Halfway decent coverage, though, I feel like between it, at least the article I'm reading shows that it's going to be aired on Golf Channel, Peacock, and NBC um, nice. all throughout at different times. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. Um, I will I will absolutely uh, will be traveling, but I will still try to watch this as much as I can um, just because I, I do think this is this is where the game needs to go for the, for, especially for the ladies side of the things. This is not like it, it is not a burden for these guys to go play with these ladies. Like these ladies are, are so damn good that you got to throw them a bone a couple, couple times a year and go and set up a little bit bigger event, more than 16 teams. Cause I think we are going to more team oriented golf. We've seen it. I mean, you don't want to piggyback, piggyback off live, but, but TGL was just trying to go team event. I do think there is some some merit to to a team facet. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I mean, I would you know these guys are still getting paid to be out there, and you know, in a sense. So yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, there's, who, no, there's who still, are they to comp- they're still making? There's who a winner, winner check is still seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, quit your complaining. Yeah, exactly. All right, and then uh, and then finally, uh, heading to Hawaii here on on Friday, and have a little bit of golf planned. So I have two tee times set for sure. I'm hoping to get three because I'm bringing my golf clubs. So I feel like you got to have at least three to make bringing your golf clubs worth it. Um, so we're playing. Um, one of our good buddies and I, Colin, will be playing Kona Country Club on Tuesday. Which looks like a, a very very cool um, public slash private golf course. So the public is welcome. Um, I mean, it looks it looks like very Hawaii golf. I was expecting Hawaii golf to be much more expensive, uh, and I think it it may be on like because I don't. And once again, I I can't tell you how much I'm along for the ride here. I've had to ask Alex which hotel we're staying at and like which condo we're staying at no less than six times. And after oh, yes. after the fifth time, she's like, I told you that. Told you that several times. <clears throat> so I, I don't know much about Hawaii and the islands. But I think this is the biggest one we're going to. But I don't think this is the popular one. I think like Maui is. But and I don't think this is where Ma- this is not where Maui is. And this is like not where the plantation the plantation course is, the Kapalua. So it's like a hundred. So I gotta go ahead. 
I just I just have to interject really quick because I find it really funny your uh your note on how you're like a the side character for this wedding. Let me just tell you that I went to a wedding in the BVI where I was the main character. I was the reason why we got invited to this wedding and I still had no idea where we were going. So it doesn't change even if it's your yeah. your wedding. <laughs> it's like it's like I have there is there is so little space available in my brain for for like new new stuff that for for planning come on i'm just not it's it's not going to stay in there so i'm not even going to try to keep it in there it's not even going to like try to swirl around a little bit it's just going to go in one ear and out the other but uh so so the golf courses they look awesome Uh, they look very hawaii they look like there's some there's some uh some views of the ocean um and then we're playing uh kukio kukio golf club on thursday which is kind of part of the wedding the wedding party and like all the so this is a very big golf golf family. Um, so that place looks spectacular. That looks very, very cool. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited. I do not have much of a, this is a very poor preview because I don't, I have not had time to really look into it too much. I tried to look up on YouTube. Kukio Golf Club is, may have never been played by a single person publicly ever because I can't find a single thing about it. And then Kona Country Club looked pretty cool from the videos I saw. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to try to spell the second one, but I did uh, Google the first one while you were talking about it, and it looks pretty awesome. I mean, you've got, I'm seeing the ocean, I'm seeing palm trees, and I'm seeing big old, what appear to be like darker colored rocks, which give me like volcano vibes. So it looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be, it should be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, always a little nerve wracking getting, getting your golf clubs on a plane, especially all the way to Hawaii. But thankfully we only have, um, one, one connecting in Denver. So I just got to keep my fingers crossed that they don't mess anything up too bad. And we'll be there on Friday and don't have my first plan golf until Tuesday. So if they get lost, they just can't get lost for too long. Well, I'm sure uh, I know I'll be excited to hear about it. That is a, uh, a destination golf place. Not very often people can go there and play golf. So I'm excited to hear about it. I am going to um, scream at the clouds at you again, golf travel. I'm a big advocate of air tags. Please go buy an air tag. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. The peace of mind of just being able to look on your phone and see where them clubs are is, is worth it. And they're like 20 bucks. They're, they're really not expensive. Yeah, I absolutely should. I, I, we were at Costco. There was a set of four of them for like 75 bucks. And I was like, ah. it is, it is so worth it when we travel. If we're checking, I'm assuming you guys are probably going to be checking a bag with the three of you. You're going to have a lot of stuff and you're going for a decent amount of time. You can throw one in the check bag. You throw one in the golf bag. It's, it's worth it. I even have one now on my keys, on my wallet. I'm, I'm dependent. Well, you're getting to that age now where it's <laughs> crucial. Yes. Yes, I am. I am. I for, I'm forgetful now, but I, I know that you've got time to go out and buy an air tag for the golf club. I don't really care about your clothes, if I'm being honest, but I do care a lot about your golf clubs. So please go buy one for those. Well, I actually might. That might, that might, you might just, that was a very inspiring speech. You just gave. I, I seriously, it for travel, there's two things that I think are the best purchases I've ever made for travel. One is my air tag for my golf clubs, and the two is my little clip that um it's like a mount for your phone and it clips onto the tray on the seat in front of you so that you can watch movies on your phone without having to hold it those are my two travel hacks 
but we buy both those things for under 30 bucks and I will never not have them. That's interesting. I would have bet my bottom dollar that every airline has like a little phone holder these days. No, shockingly they don't. And like, well, you're a Southwestern, you know, aren't you? So yeah, so for, I'm forced to be more of a Southwest guy. So I grew up Delta because if I ever flew anywhere, if I were, if we had the luxury of doing it, it'd be out of Pelston or we'd truck down to, to Detroit. And those are obviously two Delta hubs. So I always flew Delta. Delta has the screens because they are into the new century, unlike a lot of the other airlines. Southwest so. does not have screens. No screens. Wow. That is a good purchase then. I thought, I thought you were like saying all this and I was like, aren't you just, isn't there a screen right, like right there next no. to you, twice the size? No screens on Southwest. And honestly, I mean, I, and I could be wrong here, but I think Delta is really the only airline that has the screens. I uh, think most of them don't have it. United does for the flight we're taking. On all of them? On all their flights? I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, okay. but I would be surprised. So maybe, I don't think we fly United a ton. Um, I honestly can't remember the last time we flew United, but. I'm surprised not just because yeah. of, isn't that where their hub is, is Chicago? Yeah, but they're, it's at O'Hare and we always fly out of Midway. Oh. Which is south, which is southwest. Yep. So makes sense. All right. Well, so anyway, I will go uh, buy the air tag. Go buy the phone clip. Yes. But most importantly, the air tag. Yep. All right. Well, uh, good luck if you if you make some picks at the the Grant Thornton. I'm sure it is on FanDuel, um, given the marquee players. So good luck with that. We will take next week off. So we will see you. We'll, we'll hear from us again. Tuesday the 19th. Alrighty. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right. Talk to you.